get back to Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. So, Elliot, we start with a couple of beautiful triathletes. Then we go to the Miller High Life spokesperson, Mindel, Wendell Middlebrooks. And let's finish with a bang. Someone who pitched in numerous World Series. He was a two-time All-Star, won two World Series. He was a 1962 World Series MVP. And he wasn't a bad golfer either. How you doing, <laughs> Ralph? Ralph Terry. Great. Beautiful day. So, were you golfing today? Yeah, I'm on a golf course in Great Bend, Kansas. Oh, okay. How are you golfing today? Well, I'm I'm doing okay. A couple over par could could be better, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm playing with my friend uh, Bruce Vaughn, who won the uh, Senior British Open a couple of years ago. He's he's from out here, okay. and uh, are pleasure you, are watching you, him hit the ball. You better than he? Well, I used to be, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> So, Ralph, what was harder, basically, trying to make a four-foot putt or striking out a Mickey Mantle? Oh uh, well, golf is a lot harder. You know, it's not my natural, my natural uh, game. But uh, no, it's just like some of those some of those putts are, you know, kind of like facing Willie Mays or Hank Aaron. <laughs> it, it is not easy, you know. Who, who was the toughest batter for you to face? Oh, I think uh, Ted Williams was the you know best batter that I faced. But you know, with, with if it's a tying or winning run on base or anything, it, those managers they've been beaten by him so many times. They'd say, "Put him on," <laughs> so we'd walk him. A lot of people said it was easier to play in Fenway Park because you couldn't foul out. You had basically. Just the field was in play, and if you were a hitter there, you had the advantage. Whereas Yankee Stadium, you had more foul territory. So you must have loved pitching at Yankee Stadium. If you would have pitched with Boston, you probably would have hated it. Well, you know, Yankee Stadium was ideal for left-hand hitters. You know, had a very short right field, and then, of course, Fenway was, uh, you know, ideal for the right-hand hitters. And uh, But, you know, the big secret was if you could make them hit the ball out to center field, keep the left-handers from, from pulling the ball, you know, <clears throat> Mickey Mantle used used to tell me in Whitey Ford, he said if they'd had a good pitching staff, he'd last another five years. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you said what to that? Well, I didn't say anything. Whitey said, well, you know, Ralph, you know, if we'd had a good center fielder, we might have won a few more games. You know? <laughs> he said he was really an infielder, and they he was so wild throwing the first, they had to move him to the outfield. You know, they used to really <clears throat> they used to really kid each other. We had on Moose Scourin and also Bobby Richardson a couple of weeks ago, and it seemed like those Yankee teams were real close. Yeah, they, they uh, we were we were really tight there. That, that million dollar infield, they were great, you know. With the, they called it the million dollar infield, with, you know, Moose and Bobby and Tony Kubek and Cleet Boyer on third, and, and the great catching staff. You had uh, hell, they hit sixty two home runs there in sixty one. That Elson Howard, Yogi Berra, John Blanchard. And then you had a great outfield, you know, Manlin Center and Roger and Wright. You know, Roger <clears throat> broke uh, Root's record there at 61 and 61, and then and he held that record for 37 years, longer than Root. And, uh, you know, they souped up the ball a little, lowered the mound, shortened all the fences except the old parks, you know, Wrigley and Fenway, 
still nobody did it. And he's a two-time MVP, and the poor guy they never they left him out of the Hall of Fame. Why? Bad deal. Do you think the fact that he broke Ruth's record and people just fixated on that and they didn't have an appreciation for the complete ball player that he was that that Maris no. never got his due? No, he got in a feud with the uh, sports writers at that time, and uh, you know, in, in spring training, he got an argument, and, uh, and he got an argument with Oscar Fraley, and uh, Fraley wrote a bad article about him, and then the others others jumped on him, and uh, and uh, so he he said, "Well, I'm not going to grant any uh, interviews to the sports writers. I'll just do radio and TV interviews," and uh, they were the ones that voted you in in those days, and uh, boy, they left him out. And, you know, when your time is right, that's when you got to go in, you know, because every year there's new heroes and new guys. Then they had the old-timers uh, committee, oversight committee, and the uh, three national leaguers, three American leaguers, and, you know, they'd bring up a name, and it'd be three, four, and, and three against. It was like the Democrats and the Republicans. <laughs> and nobody was getting in there for a while. No, it's tough because, again, they wanted to be so select that they're leaving out a lot of great players there. I mean... It's it's yeah. absolutely amazing. I mean, look yeah. at Ron Sano. Ron Sano should be in, but they won't let him even sniff it. Well, that's that's a, you know that that's a guy. Uh, you know, well, there's there's a lot of deserving guys. And, uh, you know, there's a Hall of Fame. You know, there's Mantle and Williams and Aaron and Mays and Musial and Koufax. You know, guys like that and from our era, they're Hall of Fame. And then there's then there's another Hall of Fame. <laughs> but uh, no, they uh, he should have. Maris should be in uh, for breaking Ruth's record, being the home run champ, and 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 holding that record for so long, and uh, and then being a two time MVP, which means he was a dominant player in his era. And uh, uh, still, uh, you know, if, if he's not in, why even have a museum? And uh, but anyway, uh, we had you know those are great years. I remember. Being in the dugout, and those guys are hitting all the home runs. The team hit 240 homers, most in history. And and I said, boys, we're going to look back on this. History is being made. <laughs> but those are the good days, and uh, boy, we sure enjoyed it. Was there a favorite season that you had? Well, for me, uh, 61 was was a great year. I missed six weeks early in the season, and at 16 and three, a good percentage that year. But uh, and you know, a lot of great things that year. I pitched an asterisk game when when Maris, Ford Frick declared he had to break Ruth's record in 154 games. And uh, it was in Baltimore. We clinched the pennant that night, 4-2, and uh, he hit his 59th. And he, he hit one into the wind. It was about a 20-mile-an-hour wind blowing in from right. And he caught it up against the fence. And then he hit one that just missed the foul pole in the right field. Could have had three that night. But... Uh, that was fair. But '62 was my best year. That was, that was I won 23 that year, and then two more in the classic, and uh, and got the MVP. And really, uh, uh, I was fortunate to win that game. It's one nothing. The Giants had two on the ninth, two out. And McCovey lined out to Richardson. He had him play perfect way over in the hole to pull, you know, like we we used to play uh, Williams. And had to shift on him. Boy, he smacked it right at him. Were you the and, pitcher? Did you throw that pitch that McCovey hit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I pitched nine innings. At and nothing. When the ball went off his bat, what did you yeah. think? Yeah. Well, I didn't have time to worry. He hit it hard. I saw the ball go by me. You know, it was about 
about shoulder high, and I knew that uh, I had a man over there somewhere, you know, and sure enough, Bobby had him played right. Now, that ball was hit about as hard as any baseball has been hit, I think. Yeah, it was hit, it was hit hard. It had, it had some top spin on it, you know, kind of a sinker. And uh, so he he got to give Fielders a lot of credit, and I want to thank Abner Doubleday for designing the game with a second base. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you know, I used to I used to kid uh, Ralph Houck, our manager. That was '61 uh, was his first year, and he inherited that great team. You know, Stingle uh, retired. I said, you know, I threw the home run pitch to Mazeroski in the ninth inning in Pittsburgh, and I'm the only guy who threw the final pitch in two seventh games. I lost one and won one. But I said, uh, you know, Ralph, I got you your job. You know, if I <laughs> threw that pitch to Mazeroski, I said Stingle was Casey would still be managing. <laughs> Were you, were you more nervous? He didn't think it was, he didn't think it was funny. <laughs> were you more nervous in 62, remembering what happened in 60? Well, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of guys that picked me to lose, you know, cause I lost one seventh game and then, uh, then I go out there again. I was just thankful to have a second chance, you know, to pitch in a, pitch in another seventh game and, uh, kind of redeem myself and, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, everybody was nervous. That was about as, uh, the utmost pressure, you know, a one-run ball game like that. And uh, every fly ball, every ground ball could have made a difference, you know. And, uh, so anyway, yeah, I had to, I had a, I didn't have a base runner or two out in the sixth, and uh, Sanford got a hit. The pitcher got a hit off of me, and I had a two-hitter going to ninth. But anyway, it was um, I had pretty good pretty good luck with Mays and. Uh, Cepeda, you know, we had the, those right-handers, we had the big, like you said, that big center field in Yankee Stadium, I could get them to hit the ball out that way, you know, and it was, a, you know, 470, 460, it was a cab ride out there. <laughs> so they had a lot of long fly balls, but, but, uh, it was, uh, they had, it was two great teams. You know, they had a great lineup. They had Mays, McCovey, and Cepeda, and Alou Brothers, and Marishal, and on and on. We had, Marison Mantle and Whitey Ford and Yogi and Howard, you know, all our great players. The two heavyweight teams. But uh, it was, uh, and the money, we needed the money in those days. You know, it was good money. We played hard and, uh, you know, it was uh, <clears throat> the winner's share. I think we got 12000 a man. The losers got 8000 And the Pittsburgh series, we got uh, 4800 a man, and the winners got 6000 I remember Whitey Ford said I was going to buy a Cadillac this winter, but I guess I had to buy a Ford. <laughs> what, was, what was more fun, basically playing with Mickey Mantle or playing in the same tour as Arnold Palmer, both legends in their own sports? I tell you, I'm a fortunate man to get to play with great athletes in two major sports. I, I was figuring out by playing the senior tour, I, I got to play with 55 different guys who won majors. I got to know them, and it's like a traveling community, you know. And to get to play with uh, Arnie and uh, and Nicholas and Player and everything, I mean, they were the greatest in Trevino. And uh, I mean, they were really uh, wonderful guys, and they were real sports fans too, you know. They just uh, uh, we just really shared a lot of. Uh, but the great players, you know, they can turn it on and really make it happen. You know, I feel I rose to the occasion a, a few times, but boy, they go out there day after day and time after time and the games on the line they could produce i mean they were they're just special people 
how did you get st- started playing golf? I was I was playing for the the old Kansas City A's in uh, in uh, 1957. That winter, uh, I had a I had a, an auto accident and uh, flipped the car over and I I cracked my I had a broken hip. I cracked the, the rim of my hip socket and I I spent 11 weeks in traction. Unfortunately, I didn't have to rebuild it. I didn't lose it. And uh, I went to spring training. I couldn't do my running. You know, my, <laughs> as a pitcher, you got to do a lot of running and conditioning. And uh, so we had a couple of old coaches. Uh, Don Hefner, who was the infield coach, had played back in the days of Ruth with the uh, Yankees. And uh, and Bob Swift was a catcher. Was a, uh, And they played golf. And uh, I used to walk around and watch them. And they said, well, hey, we'll let you off at noon. You go to the golf course, rent a set of clubs, and walk, carry the bag, and get in shape walking. So every day at noon, they let me off and uh, – I'd go to the golf course, rent a set of clubs, and walk, play till dark. And I started hitting grounders and slides, and then that's how I got into golf. It was more as therapy. And uh, then uh, we built a golf course in uh, New Jersey, and I invested in it. And, uh, and about the time it opened, I, I ended up with the Mets, and when Nolan Nolan was a rookie, and they had all those great pitchers, uh, you know, Seaver, Kuzman, Nolan Ryan, Doug McGraw, and, and all, all those, all those great guys, and they they put they put four or five of us out of a job real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and I taught uh, I did I taught Tug McGraw how to throw a screwball. Really? And uh, it, it it really helped him. You know, he's uh, Tim McGraw's dad, and I, he's just uh, he was a special guy. Boy, and he got that screwball, and he he really he could really make it work. <laughs> <laughs> now, how much and, money uh, did you take off your teammates on the golf course? Um, well, we used to play, I, when I started, uh, Mantle used to play, and, you know, Billy Martin and Whitey, and, and they needed a fourth, you know, they used to play, and play in Mantle, and Mickey would give me a couple of shots on the long holes, and one shot on the par threes, and then, then it cut down for nothing, you know, and then, uh, he used to say, I, he paid my expenses in spring training. <laughs> you know, I gotta tell you a Mickey Mantle story in Chicago. Uh, one one nice Friday evening, warm evening, he comes out. We're taking batting practice, and he said, uh, "I can take five swings. I'll bet anybody twenty bucks that I can hit three balls on the roof at Comiskey Park." And and uh, I didn't bet him. I'm, and the guys, boy, they jumped all over it. And when he wanted to put on a show, he batted right-handed, and it, he'd either have Whitey pitch to him, he knew how to lay it in there, and, and or John Blanchard, a catcher, had nice easy motion and uh simple and uh he he took five swings he put three on the roof and the wind wasn't blowing out at comiskey park i only see a couple there i seen that nicholson hit one one time up there and i don't remember who else but he put three on the roof in batting practice and picked up a fistful of 20s <laughs> from the guys <laughs> he was some kind of guy i mean i that if he didn't have the injuries he probably would have been the greatest player of all time yeah, I, I think so. You know, the, uh, I know Ted Williams uh, considered him a, a, one of five giants of American sports. He was he was really thought a lot of him, but he could hit farther, run faster, and, and do it from both sides of the plate. I thought that's what really really helped the team. We uh, you know we were strong you know against a different left hander, right hander. He was a swing man. And we were strong going into Detroit, short right field, or stadium, or in Boston. 
and uh, he was special, you know. And he wasn't a he wasn't a special guy, or he was a regular guy, and uh, he just treated the rookies all good. You know, he was uh, just very special. We grew up in the same neighborhood down in uh, Oklahoma, and our schools were neighboring schools. And uh, he, he was a senior; I was in the eighth grade, and uh, I saw him play all through high school. We had the same same scout scientists and played for the same summer league team, Ben Johnson League, and uh, very, very, very close friends, and him and his twin brothers. But, yeah, he was something exceptional. Could you tell back then that uh, he was going to be a big league ball player? Well, uh, I tell you, the first time I heard of Mickey Mantle, I was a, <clears throat> I was a catcher, in, like in uh, Legion Ball, as a, as a youngster. And uh, and he, I I'd seen him play uh, basketball and football, but I hadn't seen him play baseball. And I had a, a neighbor who was a pitcher who lived down the street, really threw hard, Norm Stanley. And they went over to Commerce and they played. And he came back. I said, "How'd you do?" He said, "Well, that Mantle hit hit uh, two home runs off of me. Hit one three seventy five and hit the, the stadium of the football <laughs> stand grandstand out left center." And that's the first time I heard about him as a baseball player. And he hit these two bombs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then he was, he was, he was, he was pretty special. He wasn't, he wasn't that big in high school. You know, he kind of muscled out. He got, he got a little bigger. And, uh, it's just like, uh, it's like Daryl Royal, uh, was, uh, played at Oklahoma University, was All American years ago. And Bud Wilkinson, had him show uh, Mickey Mantle around the campus one day. And years later, uh, Mickey said, uh, Daryl, you remember when Bud Wilkinson had you show me around the campus at Norman? And he, he didn't remember. He said, well, well, yeah, but you weren't Mickey Mantle then. <laughs> Do you ever go to Bill Mazeroski? You know what? You owe me. For, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, well, you know, uh, Maz, I think he felt that that. That really kind of worked against him. People thought he was like a one-shot wonder, you know. And they, I think for a long time they overlooked his uh, his actual overall uh, record. And uh, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he handled that uh, with, with you know dignity, and he was a he's a it was a great moment in sports, uh, you know, for for Pittsburgh and and the underdogs and everything. <laughs> But, uh, but he's a class, he's a class guy. But, but Bobby Richardson's got better stats, I think, than Maz, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. There's, a, there's so many Yankees in there, you know, that, uh, I, I think there may be some, who knows, you know, I think maybe we got too many. <laughs> Bobby's a, a great player. I, I just, uh, think the world of him, boy. I thought it was nice to look around there. He's a very quiet leader, you know, he'd, he'd be in a gym. And he wasn't a raw, raw guy. He'd come out the mound and he'd say, come on, make a minute on the ground. We'll get you a double play, you know. And Nelson Howard would come out and he'd say, come on, he's dirty on, get this guy out and we'll score some run and win this game for you. And he, he knew how to get that extra out of you. Exactly. And, uh, but we'll let you go. you got to go make some more money on the golf course. Okay. <laughs> These guys are hard to beat and they're harder to collect from. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, uh, Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Terry. Nice, nice talking to you. Thank nice you. Nice talking to you. That was baseball player, former baseball player Ralph Terry, a member of the Yankees, the A's, the, the in- Mets. Indians. 
He got around, but he got it done. He got it done. Pitched two Game 7s in the World Series. You know, when you think of a Game 7, you think of a guy like Bob Gibson, then all of a sudden, Ralph Terry. And think, I mean, you lose the first Game 7, and then two years later, you're in the same position again, and he could have froze. He could have just fallen apart. He came through. You know, that was the day before, you know, the manager would have bring in uh, the setup guy in the eighth inning and Mariano Rivera in the ninth. You know, that's complete game era that you don't you just don't see that anymore. No, I mean, and think about it. If that ball was not caught by his second baseman, by Willie McCovey, he'd been in big trouble. Yeah, he, he wouldn't have been a Yankee <laughs> for much longer. So he was with Casey Stengel in 60, and he gets Ralph Hawk in 62? Uh, yeah. Boy, he played for some great managers there. Yeah, I, I don't know how great Ralph was, but... <laughs> Ralph did pretty well. I remember had, Ralph managing had, with the had, Red Sox. He had a Yankee. good record, but yeah. But again, another great show. Libby Hurley, Betsy Noxon, I think, who are running through Glenview right now. Yeah, I think they're running home for lunch. Wendell Middlebrooks, who's probably having a high life right now. At least one. For those who don't know, he's the Miller High Life spokesman. He mentioned a couple times in our show today. Yeah, yeah that might have come through, I think. And also, baseball player, multi-time All-Star, Ralph Terry. Again, thanks for listening to Sports and Torts. I'm David Spade with Ellie Harris, and tune in again next week.